Gideon started with 20,000 guys, or 30,000, I can't remember, and God whittled it down to 300. So I wanted to show that he was mighty, not the strength of men's arms or weapons. Bless the Lord. Let's just pray. Father, we, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for Christ Jesus. We thank you that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. While we were your enemies, you didn't hold that against us. Your love reached out and said, you're worth it. You're worth it. I'm sending Jesus. And Jesus said, yeah, they're worth it. I will die in their place so they won't suffer the penalty of sin, which is death. And so, God, we just thank you that we stand before you. I, just, I don't think I've ever seen that picture before, unworthy of it all, with the crowns at the feet of Jesus. And, Lord, we have nothing of merit. We have nothing of merit to bring before you. We didn't deserve this salvation. We don't deserve that kind of love, that depth of love. But, God, we say thank you. Thank you for opening our eyes and our hearts to want you to come in and make us part of your family. Lord, and to bring us into that holy place and to be making us holy, that we are at once holy and that we're being made holy by the righteousness of Christ. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you and we stand. Lord, stand is a big word right now. Lord, we stand with the full armor of God on. Lord, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit, the belt of truth, God, the feet shod with the gospel of peace. Lord, we, we stand, and having done everything, Lord, we stand. We stand. We stand in truth and righteousness and love, and we stand and overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the power of our testimony. So, God, we want to stand right now for all of our brothers and sisters who are ill, Lord, and there's a long list. And, Father, may you lift them up. May you raise them up. May you strengthen them. May they overcome by the power of the living God, Lord. And may we see them restored to health and strength and to be part of the army, Lord, that you are raising up. Father, we speak your blessing over the people of God all over the world to choose well, to choose rightly, to hear the voice of the Lord and to obey. Father, not to have any regrets, Lord, to walk into this time with eyes open, ears open, hearts free, and able to receive the word of the Lord and to participate in the things you're doing in the earth even now. Lord, we want to say yes, tattoo yes on our hearts, oh God. We want to say yes to your kingdom, no matter what. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen, hallelujah. Well, Compared to last week, Pauline, you weren't, you weren't here, but we had Teen Challenge here, and this place was chock-a-block full, so, uh, so it's a contrast, but we're so thankful. Um, it's one thing in, in reading the Apostle Paul, I just am so impressed at how thankful he is all the time. So we're going to uh, have communion today, so Richard, why don't you come on up, and um, Heather and Chelsea, would you mind passing out the elements? That'd be awesome. Thank you. Um, go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, she's, Richard's going to bring a word so after we'll have a chance for sharing. Yeah.
God's kindness leads you to repentance, that is, to change your inner self, your old ways of thinking. Seek his purpose for your life. Romans 2, 4, Amplified. I want to share with you a testimony that Shirley from Texas sent to me, uh, sent to my ministry. I pray it will encourage you. In the natural, there were many things in uh, Shirley's former lifestyle that would have disqualified her from receiving God's healing. For 10 years, she was addicted to drugs and alcohol. As, as, as a result of that lifestyle, she conta uh, contracted, uh, contacted uh, hepatitis C, a very serious and unfortunately silent liver, liver killer disease, which is chronic and sometimes fatal. Shirley shared how, although the Lord had delivered her from her addiction, she felt she had fallen short as a Christian even when she was uh, trying her best. She kept feeling she wasn't good enough, for to be, uh, in, good enough to be healed. But then, in her own words, the, uh, in quotation, radical grace of God came into her situa uh, situation, and this is what happened. I began lis uh, listening to Joseph Prince and al also began to partake of the Holy Communion at home and to stand on Jesus' finished work. Sometimes later, sometime later, I went to see an, an infectious disease specialist to do the blood work in order to find out what general uh, type of hepatitis C I had that could get, uh, get the right treatment. A few weeks later, the doctor called to say she had good news for me. I was, a, it was, I was a rare individual because I developed antibodies against a virus and, now, and was now immune to it. So I didn't need to any treatment. Praise Jesus, all the glory to him. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. And she doesn't have hepatitis C in, her, in, in his blood, neither do I. What is so neat about this uh, is I felt I had not been spending uh, as much time with God as I would have liked to. I felt like I had fallen short as a Christian. I haven't been uh, to church for that much. This is a strong message to me. There is, uh, there is nothing I can do to earn my healing or right standing with the, with the Father. In fact, I have, left, uh, I have felt less spiritual over the past year, but was still healed, in, is, uh, still healed is a powerful testament to the radical grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. On top of that, I usually get sick at least three, four times during the winter month. But over the last year, every time I felt like I was starting to get sick, I would claim Jesus' finished work over my body. I would wake up the next morning healed and refreshed. Praise God. 
There, is, uh, there were uh, many areas uh, of failure in Shirley's life, yet God in his grace delivered her from 10, uh, from ten years of heavy addiction. And as she kept listening and, uh, to preaching about Jesus, receiving the gift of righteousness, and partaking of the Holy Communion, not only did she remain sober, but she was also delivered from hepatitis C. Shirley said, God be grace, uh, God's grace has changed my life truly. Truly is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Today's thought, Shirley heard the good news that she did not have to have the life, uh, did not have to have her life altogether in order for God to heal her. What you hear about God could mean the difference between life and death. Are you hearing the voice of the disqualification or the voice of grace that qualifies you based on the cross of Jesus? Today's prayer, Lord Jesus, thank you for your amazing grace, your forgiveness, and your gift of righteousness that qualifies me to be delivered and healed. Thank you for your goodness and kindness that have led me to see there is nothing I need to do to earn my healing. I stand on your finished work and freely received my healing as, part, uh, as I partake of the Holy Communion. Amen. Take our cracker. Lord, we thank you for this cracker and for what it represents. Your body broken for us. Broken so that we could be healed and whole. And Lord, we thank you that it's nothing to do with us. It was all about you. Your obedience to the death of the cross. You rising again. It was all about you. And we just get to say yes. And so as we take this cracker now, we say yes to everything that was provided for us. In Jesus' name, let's partake. And Lord, we thank you for this cup, which represents the blood of Jesus shed for us spilt out for us we thank you for the power of the blood we thank you that it is at work in our lives on our behalf and we receive we receive everything that you have for us as we partake now in Jesus name Suzanne and Richard. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. I just want to thank everybody, first of all, for all of the uh, quantities and quality of food that came in last week when we had Teen Challenge here. Oh, my goodness. Talk about enough to feed an army. And um, the food that was left out after um, Val and others packaged it up, and it was distributed to 
lots of other folks in need. So lots of people were fed. So thank you guys. You're amazing. And I, I've already heard stories of um, some of the ministry that went on um, during that time and reaching out to some of the students. So bless you. Bless you for who you are. Um, I'm always confident to know how you will act because of Christ in you. And so I, um, many, many of the students said to us afterwards, this is our favorite church ever to come to. And they, they love the worship and the freedom. So bless you. Bless you. So we didn't get a chance to share if someone has something they'd like to share with the group. Val, you're on it. I, I just want to share this uh, because it's something that God touched me with this morning. A hundred years ago, <laughs> my grandmother uh, and my dad's family lived in a little shack in a very small town. No electricity, no running water, no bathroom, no radio, and nine kids. And um, they had very little to do. But every night, my grandmother would start singing Jerusalem. And they would worship every night. And um, when my dad died, I had no idea about this, but God started putting this song on my heart. And I shared it with my mom. My mom says, that's the song your grandmother used to sing. So I sang it at my dad's funeral. And uh, my aunt, I did not know, was a born-again Christian. And because I sang it, she came up to me and she started sharing about the things that God was doing in that family. And I had never known. And I'm here now, 50 years old. And uh, last week, I was at a woman's luncheon and there was, this lady was playing the piano and she started playing Jerusalem. And I started singing it. And the lady in the table across from me started singing it. It's not something that you hear, you know. And we had a great time singing together Jerusalem. And uh, I thought, wow, Lord, that's awesome. It brought it all back to me. And I hadn't really thought about the fast. I hadn't really thought about what was going on in Jerusalem because I don't listen to the news. I, I, I just focus, and um, maybe that's not good, but I think it's awesome because <laughs> then I can hear what God wants to say about it. And this morning, I was in the prayer room there, and God started putting Jerusalem on my heart again, and I started singing it. And then when I came out, Suzanne says, this is the start. And Pentecost ends the, um, this um, time in Jerusalem, in, in Israel. And there is the fast going on, which I started, but not because I wanted to, five days early. <laughs> and so I'm in the middle of a fast when it begins. And that's important, too, because this song, this morning, God said, this is a song to start the fast with. This is a song to focus on. 
And this whole thing this morning has been Jesus. Don't look at circumstances. Don't look at what's happening. Look at Jesus. So I am going to sing, try to sing, the chorus of the song Jerusalem so that any who are fasting or anybody who wants to take it in your heart, it's encouragement. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, sing for your night is o'er. Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna forevermore. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, sing for your night is o'er. So we speak victory. We speak victory over Jerusalem. We speak victory over Israel. We speak, Father, your will be done. Father, a hundred years ago, you had my grandmother sing that for a reason, for such time as this. Hallelujah, Lord. Faithful and true is our God Almighty. Let's just follow up on that with prayer. Father, we just joined together with the 5 million plus people who have fairly spontaneously joined with this call to prayer for Israel. Lord, and we just, we, um, we, we add our prayers and we add our plea, Lord. You said, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And Father, this is such a tumultuous time in the land. And Lord, enemies, as always, are at her door. But Lord, it's at a different level than it's been since her existence as a nation. And so, Father, would you open the eyes and hearts of your people, the Jews? Lord, you have never forgotten them. They are the apple of your eye. They play, uh, Lord, a central part in what you're doing. We have not replaced them. Lord, they are the, the clock to watch. And so, God, we're, we're asking for those souls, those people. We're asking for wisdom for uh, Benjamin Netanyahu and, and, Lord, the leadership of the nation. And we're asking for your angelic power, God, to guide and to lead and to, to determine, God, the outcomes of all that is going on in that place and that it would be seen that you, Lord, are the God of Israel and that their eyes would be open to Messiah. They missed him when he came the first time. God, would you open their eyes so they can see before he comes the second time? Lord, let all Israel be saved in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So fasting, as always, it's a voluntary thing. You ask God what to do. Some people fast dessert. Some people you know, fast one meal a day. Some people just eat one meal a day. Some people just eat vegetables. There's different kinds of fasts. If God is leading you to fast, um, it's not the power and the strength of our will and, and coercing God. It's not twisting God's arm, but it's saying, God, I'm humbling myself because I see this is important to you. So um, that we, all, we always leave that between you and the Lord, how you respond to that.
Um, Heather, did you want to add anything? Okay, yeah. So see Heather if you'd like more more uh, material to find out what why why Israel still figures in. It's always been the plan of God for Jew and Gentile to be made one, a new man in Christ. The Jews still figure in. God hasn't forgotten them or abandoned them. Anyone else like to share? All good. Okay, so if, if um, you didn't hear, today is the community choir concert at 2 o'clock, and Gord and I have to, Gord has to be out here at 12.15, because we need to do a sound check over there, and if you want to come, I advise being there by 1.30, the last time it was pretty full, and it's not just the choir, it's a, a number of different local um, musical acts and there's a, a skit and there's a children's dance troupe and a children's choir so it, it promises to be quite a you know a fun a fun couple hours so so I invite you to be there if you can yeah Lord um, we just we just thank you for who you are I thank you for what you're doing and Lord we just ask that um, your words would penetrate our hearts and our understanding Lord, your word is truth, it's living, it's active, it's, it's more powerful than a double-edged sword. And God, we don't have time to play games. We don't have time to muck around and, and just um, dabble at this. We want to be all in. We want to be people who uh, trust and obey and who, um, who, Lord, love people well and who spread the good news um, so that the world will know and that they will be transformed. So, Lord, uh, open the eyes of our hearts now as we listen to your word. Now, so, Gord, if I can get you to get um, Colossians 3 in the NASB up there. Uh, some of you know that that's what we're doing on Wednesday mornings online is Colossians. Um, I think probably Val's the only one here that's in that right now. And it's um, we've been in Colossians since January, so... January, February, March, April. Oh, Marvina. Thank you, Marvina. Missed you back there. And Marvina's on there, too. And uh, now we're into May. So we're, we've just done the Colossians 1, 2, and 3. So uh, it, there's been a lot, to, a lot to discover. I just want to look at starting at Chapter 3, which is kind of, um, it's a little backwards if you've been, if you know the rest of the text. But there's a reason. So Colossians 3 says, <clears throat> Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden within Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Just wanna, just wanna stop there. I'm gonna read it again. There's these things sometimes that are so familiar, and I always say to people, you know, out of one to ten, how much did you get out of that on a first reading? It's usually about a three because we're not really trained listeners. 
and I, I, I always say this when we lived amongst the Sokoro people in Chad, and they would be able to just rehearse to me verbatim things I'd said, and I'm like, how do you do that? Because they'd listen well, and they weren't bombarded with lots of information. So when they took in information, and they were super relational, so relational information was the top of the pile, right? You said. <laughs> And they would remember, they didn't have calendars or phones, but they knew every date when we would come and go out of the village. And I was like, wow, this is, this is a learned, a learned uh, skill. I'm going to read it again. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, and it's sort of like an if and then clause, right? If you have been raised up with Christ, then keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, that's the second coming, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. This... Um, this chapter starts with a therefore, and as you've heard said many times, when you see a therefore in the scriptures, then you always want to ask, what's it there for? Because it's referring back to, yeah, I think so. It's referring back to something that's already been established. So what is the therefore, therefore? It's, he says, therefore, if you have been raised with Christ. So for two chapters, Paul has been establishing, dun, dun, da identity. Remember fish? We're not going to leave fish behind for a while because there's so much to be said. We're growing in freedom in Christ. We're growing in our true identity in Christ, F-I. We're growing in learning how to walk by the spirit of Christ. Freedom, identity, spirit, and the H is a heart-focused community. So within a heart-focused community, with people who know us and love us and are tracking with us and tracking with God. Love God, love one another, right? Two greatest commandments. That we're learning to walk in freedom, to know our true identity, to be led by the Spirit amongst a heartfelt community. We're learning to love one another. The, love, the one another's in this chapter are gripping. <laughs> They're really, really important. So it's part of the therefore of what Paul has established is, is who, who the believers are because of what Christ has done and who Christ is. And really, as times become difficult, the, the true metal of our soul is tested, isn't it? It's in the difficulties, right? Romans 5, um, let, oh, this is Chelsea's favorite verse, let... Um, perseverance let tribulation work perseverance you correct me if i'm wrong let tribulation work perseverance perseverance proven character and proven character hope and hope does not disappoint us did i get it right okay that's our favorite verse because it's in the midst of trials and tribulation and stresses that we we get to persevere and we get to have our character proven and we develop hope and hope that doesn't disappoint I'm just going to jump briefly to um, Revelation 1. You can go there in your scripture if you have it. I don't, you don't necessarily have to go there, Gord. 
but you're really fast, so I mean you could, because you're, that's. Revelation 1, of course, it's John, the beloved, on the island of Patmos. He's been exiled for the testimony of the word of God. I just want you to hear a few words of how John describes A, Jesus, and B, believers, because this is talking about identity and who we are, and who better to tell us than John who, who walked with Jesus. John, verse 4, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Listen to this. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. I kind of want to like tattoo that somewhere <laughs> on my heart, right? Because it's, it's like such a description of Jesus. I sat and I said, Jesus, that's who you are. That's who you are, CL. To him who loves us. It's all started with the love of God, right? For God so loved the world and has freed us from our sins by his blood. This is so foundational to the gospel. This is so foundational to the gospel. And I want to tell you, we are going to have the opportunity to stand on this in a whole new way, like this week. <laughs> There are, there, there, we are being challenged on so many fronts. The gospel transforms. God loves us and is perfecting us. We're not perfect yet, but he loves us too much to leave us in our sin. Jesus died for our sin. And it doesn't contradict grace. Grace says, that's the guy who loved me enough to die for me. That's the man. That's God. How could I hurt him? You know? How could I hurt him? When you're really in love with someone, you don't want to hurt them. You do anything not to hurt them. And so the love of God constrains us. We don't want to be in a life of sin. We sin, but we don't want to be in a life of sin because that's not what Christ paid for. He bought us with his blood, and he's made us. Right? That's, that's what's done. That's what's accomplished, and we're walking in it. And he's made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he's coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, the Jews. And all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him, and so it shall be. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. It's Jesus. Say it, says the Lord God who is and who was and who is to come. It's important when it's repeated twice in that short of a span of verses, right? Listen to this. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and the kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And we all know this 
and on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit. The kingdom of God, here's the three things he mentions. Suffering, kingdom, patient endurance. And I think we're really, we're going out of the, the time, you know, Jesus is waiting. God, the Father is waiting for the time of the Gentiles to end. And he, he alone knows that time. And that we will get to go through some, some stuff so that we can overcome. Because that's, that's who the church is. They're overcomers. They're overcomers. So no one likes this word suffering. But it's interesting that all of the disciples, all of the apostles, talk about patient endurance, suffering, perseverance, overcoming. So, uh, oops, I got too many. Put too many bookmarks here. So Paul says in Colossians 3, Paul says, set your minds, and we've talked a lot about minds, set your minds if you have been raised up with Christ, you were buried in baptism, you were raised up to new life, newness of life, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Behold, the old is gone. All things have become new. Keep seeking. You're already seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. Things that are on the earth are not necessarily evil. Like, my head is full of concert stuff today. <laughs> That's the thing of the earth. There's, there's, there's like, so many things that are going to happen. It's okay. The things of the earth are, are not necessarily evil. It's what preoccupies our thoughts on a regular basis. And keep seeking first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things which are good and necessary, a place to live, uh, you know, clothing, food. God knows he's the good shepherd. He's the good, good father. He will supply these things. But sometimes we're so on the treadmill of, I got to do this. I got to get that. I got to go there. I got to see this person. I got to buy this. I got to Anybody been on that treadmill? Right? No, no, no. Don't know what I'm talking about. And there's times we just need to decompress and just say, where are my thoughts when uh, Gord and I would go um, canoe camping? You know, we have this big 17-foot. Well, you know, I loved it when it was with the dog, right? We had a black lab, and she'd be in the middle, and we'd have our camping gear all around her, and we're heading off down this 22-mile-long lake. And, you know, if you don't pick a point on the shore, you won't go straight, and you'll be like, beep, 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 paddling all over the lake, and you, you increase how many how many clicks you're going to have to paddle that day, and the wind comes up on mountain lakes. You don't want to be out there for longer than you need to be. And so Gord would be, I'd be in the bow, he'd be in the stern, and he's the guy that steers. And so it would start with you pick a mountain. I mean, that's how big a lake it is, right? Pick a mountain and aim for that mountain. And then as we get closer, you could pick a tree, right? Oh, look, that's, that's our camp area over there. You can start to pick a tree. You can start to pick something on shore that says, that's where I'm headed, and in the spirit, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. If we don't look at where we're headed, we're going to go bloop, bloop, bloop. We're going to paddle all over the place and, and not get to where we need to go. Because God is our, he says, Christ is our life. I think Suzanne actually said those words today um, when she was speaking. 
When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. We need to know our identity. We need to know just what, and it was exactly how, what Richard said there in the devotional, was that the enemy cannot bring these things, these lies against us to make us feel unworthy if we know who we are and whose we are. And I, I hear it every, like every time we're together with believers, I hear people confessing their thoughts and the battle of the mind, you know, that the lies of, you know, you're not worthy, you're not holy enough, you haven't done this, you haven't done that, and that the truth is that Christ is the measuring stick, that Christ is the one who qualifies me, not me. Yeah. So, you know, like this morning, we were, were talking about different things to, you know, I always, always think enemy, yeah, hold, Jesus holds up his hand, his hand with the hole in it that was nailed to the cross. It's still there. You know, his glorified body has those marks in it. And then, you know, in my mind, I'll say, talk to the hand, enemy, just talk to the hand, right? There's the nail scarred hand. I have no defense. I'm, other than I'm under the blood. You know, Gordon and I were out walking by the marsh over on Union Bar the other day, and I knew that the geese, the Canada geese, were nesting, but we hadn't seen any goslings yet, so I'm thinking they're still on eggs. And then we see this, this uh, mama goose, and there's little goslings about this tall. They're the cutest things. And there's, she, there's just four. It was a small brood. And she saw us coming, and she just goes like this. And all the little goslings go, and they get under there. And she put her wing down, and I said, oh, my goodness, I can't even see them. Like, if I hadn't seen that, I wouldn't even have known they were there. And it just, it's like, and and we've seen it with chickens. We've seen it in birds of prey. We've seen it so many times. But that image is so powerful, and it just touched me afresh of, God, when I am in need, when I'm not believing truth, when I'm feeling disoriented, when I'm confused, when I'm overwhelmed, I will hide in the shadow of the wing, and you will cover me with your feathers. You protect me. You watch over me. I have nothing to bring. And, and so the enemy really has nothing against us because we, don't, we know we don't. If we know we don't have anything, we're like, yeah. I know that. You're not telling me anything I don't know. I'm not there by my own merit. Keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on the things of the earth, for you have died. Galatians 2, it's no longer I who lives. It's Christ who lives in me. The life I live, I live by trying really hard. The life I live, I live by keeping all the rules. The life I live, I live by getting it right every time. The life I live, I live by looking really good on the outside, even when I'm a mess on the inside. The life I live, I live by faith. I live by faith. That's all we have is our response to believe. Jesus, you did that. You did that. You did it for me while I was still an enemy. How much more? How much more will God not also give us all things in Christ because he loves us so much?
Here's another therefore, verse 5, chapter 3. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them, those sins, you also once walked when you were living in them, but now also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices, and you have put on the new self, who is being renewed to a true knowledge, according to the image of the one who created him. A, re a removal in which there is no distinction, a renewal, sorry, in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free man, but Christ is all in all. It's, um, it's easy to sort of get the whole grace package and, and not read the rest of the scripture, which, which says, I have a part to play in the what I think about and what I think about and what's in my heart, what's going to come out through behavior. God's always interested in heart. Outward things are just an indication of what's already going on in a heart. When there's things that are behavior that is not um, appropriate or conducive, because he says, walk in a way worthy of the Lord. When there are things going on that are not worthy, there's something that needs adjustment in the heart. God's doing heart surgery. And that's why we need to bring our hearts before God and say, do, you know, you go to the chiropractor and get an adjustment. God, do an adjustment in my heart. And the, one of the best ways to do that is to be in the word of God. It's the mirror for our hearts when we're in the word of God. It's going to reflect to me and say, oh, right, you said that. And the Holy Spirit uses it to bring conviction on us. Not condemnation. That's very different. Conviction says, I love you so much. And there's my shepherd's staff. It's just getting you back on the path because the path is good and the shepherd is good. And he's leading us to higher places because we are a kingdom and a priest. We, priests, we have a purpose. It's interesting that he says, consider the members of your body as dead. Again, this is thought life. If, if dead people are not very demanding... Just saying. It's people who are alive who squawk and need what they need. But if my old self is dead, if it was nailed to the cross with Jesus, then when my old self squawks, then I have to remind that old self that he was crucified. <laughs> we had a, when my dad first got saved, which was the beginning of my thinking about God. And we had an old, the oldest practicing Pentecostal pastor in Canada was in on this small town in Ontario, and he and his wife befriended my mom and dad. And Pastor McFadden would say to my dad, bury him face down, Jim. You know, because my dad was like smoking and drinking and swearing and doing all this stuff, and a lot of it just fell away right away. And the, the, the smoking was a little harder. 
And he was, he, 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 you know, the old man would rise up and, and, and Pastor McFadden would say, bury him face down. <laughs> He's dead. Don't let that corpse come out of the grave. I'll never forget that. We walk by the Spirit of God, in the power of God. Galatians says, you started in the Spirit. Don't try to do the rest now by your own effort. So therein lies the balance of the Christian life. It's, it's, it's saying I can't do anything, but I have to be willing to do everything. Through Christ. It's Christ who does it. We began in the Spirit. And we carry on in the Spirit. It's the Spirit of God who is our strength. The, this word for um, putting, consider the members of your earthly body as dead is necrosate. Everybody in, uh, heard that word necro before? It's unfortunate that one, the first one that came to my mind is necromancer. There's a lot of spooky death things out there in our culture. We really have a culture of death, and the church carries a culture of life. But it's about dead, necrosis. It's about death. And this verb actually means make dead. The things of your old self, make them dead. Ensure they're dead. And and why does he list the list? Immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. Most of them are sexual sin. I got to tell you, we, we are fighting a big war right now with sexual issues. And it's always been this way. And if you read the letters to the churches, the Nicolaitans, they, the same thing, spirit of of Jezebel, the prophetess Jezebel, all of the things that were leading people into immorality. Eating meat sacrificed to idols, which isn't a, such a deal right now, but the immorality has always been there. And immorality is one of the things that we need to stand against. And I believe Paul specifically made a list because I can hear, I can hear a general term, but when, I, when it's listed out, the Holy Spirit takes those things and uses them to correct and convict. And I think that's why he does those lists. Because of those things, the wrath of God will come, Romans 1 and 2, on the sons of disobedience. And that's not us, okay? That's not the people who are in the faith and walking. Walking In them you once walked when you were living in them, but now put these all aside. And then anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. It's a lot of mouth sins. It's interesting, isn't it? We've got a bunch of sexual sins named, and then we've got a bunch of mouth sins. I don't struggle as much with the first list as I do with the second list, just going to say, okay? Everybody has their challenges. The sins of the mouth are so damaging, you know? And this is where I think one of the places where God is saying, you know, Paul, Paul prayed, or I'm sorry, David. David prayed, Lord, put a guard on my mouth that I may not sin against you. And I think it's a good thing when we hear ourselves or if someone, you know, says, oops, you know, <laughs> you, you might not have wanted to say that <laughs> or not say it that way. And the Holy Spirit is, is, is uh, coming in closer, right? The spring house cleaning thing. He's coming in closer and saying, there's probably a better way to say that. Or maybe you didn't need to say that at all. And God is refining us because the, there is power of life and death in the tongue, right? Um, so all of these things, anger, rage, 
malice, slander, abusive speech. Um, and do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. I, sometimes I'll say to the Lord, you know, like, what is it? What, what is it there? Why is lying to one another such a, a, you know, such a bad thing? Why is this specifically listed? And I just felt like lying, lying to one another. Well, think, think it through. Why is it, or why is it so damaging to lie to one another? Okay, deception breaks trust, gives the enemy a foothold. It's huge. And really, I think at the root of it, as in the way I'm thinking about it anyway, is pride that says what I want to do or what I, whatever it is that I'm talking about is more important than honoring you as a person. And so here's what I noticed as I went through this section. Um, he starts with consider the members of your what body? What kind of body? Sorry, jumping over verse five. See, my husband has been, we've been doing this for 34 years, so he, he's, he <laughs> gets used to my... Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to these things. So Paul says, I'm talking about your earthly body, and you need to put these things to death. There's effort involved in the kingdom, no? There's effort involved in the kingdom. It's so, it's, it's, I know it's always, as soon as you say something, you're like, there's the other side of that, right? It's the balance. But there's effort involved in the kingdom. It's one of Peter's favorite phrases. Make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to your goodness all of these things, right? Make every effort. He says it about three times in his letters. And so Paul says, consider the members of your earthly body. And then he starts another section. I'm going to wrap it up. And he says, do not lie to one another. And then verse 12, he says, so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, identity, right? Put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. This is a whole relational list. It's a whole relational list. And a heart of compassion could also be translated a heart of tenderness. So tender, tender isn't just good in pastry. I've got a couple of bakers here. Tender pastry, you know, tender flake. Tender to the touch, a, a flaky pie crust just like breaks if you're not gentle with it, right? The God wants us to have hearts that are tender to him and tender to one another. Put on compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Gordon knows that I really hate the word should. <laughs> I don't like to be motivated by shoulds. I like to be motivated by can. <laughs> I invite you to do this. I don't like shoulds, but they're in the Bible. Because the Lord forgave me. There's things I should do. And one of them, the huge one is forgive. And it, it's so interesting that it's specifically someone who has a complaint against someone. Forgive them. And beyond all these, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ rule 
in your hearts, to which indeed you were called into one body, and be thankful. Paul's one of the most thankful people I, I've encountered. Did you know Paul didn't bring the gospel to the Colossians? You've probably read the, read the book a lot, the letter a lot of times. Paul's in jail in house, under house arrest in Rome, and he lived in Ephesus for three years, and apparently Epaphras heard the gospel and was saved under Paul's ministry, and he went back to Colossae, his hometown, it's in, verse, it's in chapter 1, and brought the, the gospel to Colossae and probably Laodicea. And Paul is writing to them, having never met them. Read the, read the prayer of Paul in chapter 1. It will blow you away. And he says, I'm so thankful for you guys. I'm so thankful that you love Jesus, period. And he says, and this is what God wants to do in you to make you complete in Christ. He's never met them. He's never met them. How much more with the people that we interact with in his body? So here's the thing I noticed in I'll end. He starts with, consider the members of your earthly body, in verse 5. And then he gets to the one another's, treat one another, be tender with one another, love one another. You know, and I sat with it and I said, God, that's your body. You're talking about, Paul starts out talking about the earthly body and what to do with the earthly body. And now he's talking about the heavenly body, because that's you. That's your body, you know? When Jesus appears to Saul and the, uh, knocks him, you know, knocks him down, and he's he says it's really hard for you to kick against the way, Paul, and he says, why are you persecuting me, Paul? What you're doing to those believers, you're doing to me, and so Paul says, take care to make sure that your earthly old self is dead, because if you don't, it's going to cause a lot of damage <laughs> to you and everybody around you. Let's just deal with that. Since you have been raised with Christ, set your minds and your hearts on the things above, not on the things of the world, not my way, not what I want. God, what do you want? And then treat one another with compassion, with hearts of tender mercy, with grace, that we would learn to walk together, because it's about walking together. We will walk following the Lord, keeping in step with him, and seeing his glory come because we're a kingdom and a priesthood. Let's pray. Father, I just love your word. I love you. I, I love the people of God. And we're not the same. Hallelujah. Because we couldn't express all of who you are. We couldn't represent you, God, if we didn't have a multiplicity of expressions of your mag the magnitude of your wisdom and your grace, the expressions of all of these different personalities. Lord, of course it takes a lot of different people. And so, God, I pray that you would, you would help us to walk in all that you've given us in Christ. That glory, Lord, to be one, as we were talking about, the glory to be one. The glory to be one in you. That the world would know that you love us and that you're here present with us and that you want them to walk in that glory, too. Lord, bless, 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 bless this congregation, bless every congregation that preaches the true gospel. Let it thrive. Let them stay true. 
God, and let your kingdom come in, in power and in grace. And thank you that it's always increasing and growing in all the earth. We just bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Gord and I have to skedaddle.